0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey
1: everyone, thanks for listening to the Western Hunting Hub podcast, and you know you got a good episode going when you just don't even have time to really start it. So I was talking with, well, dialed up Josh Kirchner from Dialed In Hunter, and we had a scheduled time and all and started chatting and somewhere in there's like, uh, we're 17 minutes in and I need to somewhere hit the play button or I had already, but somewhere start this thing. So that just kind of, uh, is a great example again of the, how wonderful the hunting community is. And as well as how someone, a couple of guys who've never met together can, can strike up a conversation Centered around hunting. So Josh just got off of a pretty sweet bear hunt uh, down in Arizona. So this was what this episode was primarily about. We started off with some career things. I deleted most of that conversation, but we are going to jump right into it. uh, And you're going to hear mid-sentence what we're talking about. So, And then he'll interview or uh, introduce himself. So as always, if you like what you're hearing give us a like follow share whatever or follow also on instagram and facebook and again uh um, keep that uh us those, those uh emails coming in and, and content and ideas and feedback and all that wonderful stuff i like chatting and meeting uh you guys as well so thanks again and enjoy Yeah, I just got lucky with a a sweet gig that is very few and far between. I know I know people could hire my job out again um, a thousand times.
2: <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, no, I I feel the same way. I I lucked out also. You know, I used to, you know, I was a roofer for fifteen years, and um, just you know, like <laughs> just wore on me. A lot and, uh, both physically and mentally, you know, mm-hmm. just like, cause I, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a salesman, you know what I mean? Not your typical one, at least. Like, I, I I'm not, I don't want to go knocking on doors and stuff and, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. trying to like finagle you and sliding your card. Um, and that just didn't sit well with me, you know, cause I don't like it when people do that to me. Yeah. You know? I don't like sitting here and somebody comes to my door trying to sell me solar panels or something like that, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, um, and, uh, yeah, no, the writing thing, it just kind of, I didn't plan on that. It just happened, you know, that, Yeah, that that's just worked out, you know, and it's like now, you know, it's like, yeah, technically it's work. But it's not, I mean, not really. You
1: know? Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm going to do something where I'm going to add this piece to the podcast because it's going to be a great transition so people are going to oh, hear cool. this we're going to hear this part right now but um not the other stuff we were talking about before <laughs> but the That's so fine. so we'll uh i'll add in a little piece here but we'll, let's we're already kind of into it so why don't you introduce yourself and uh i want to talk more about this this writing photography and filmmaking that you got going on
2: oh yeah sure so yeah my name is uh josh kirchner i live down in arizona Um, dad brought me up in outdoors, you know, fishing, hunting and stuff like that. Um, I was always the oddball out in school, you know, like (laughs) I didn't really know anyone that was into that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, so that's kind of how my life's always been. And then grew up, um, you know, mid twenties and then just like really got, obsessed with, with the hunting side of things, just really obsessed before that it was more of the, you know, you go to your annual deer camp with your, with your family. And after that hunting season's over, you know, and you go home and wait until next year. And then, well, when I got older, I was like next year, what's going on next month, you know? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, And, uh, just really, really dove into like scouting and, and just multiple, all the, you know, species, different species and, and then bow hunting, you know, that was a new thing to me. Um, and then throughout that entire process, I realized like, like how much I didn't know, uh, because, you know, I was only going out once a year and I decided, you know, I wanted to document that. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of like, you know, you know, basically have a journal of me learning this process, you know, this whole thing from front to back, being transparent with my failures, successes, everything, with the hopes of, you know, maybe somebody reads it and um is uh doesn't feel as bad about themselves, you know, when they go out for five days and they don't see a deer. Um so that led to my blog. I started a blog called Dialed in Hunter. And, um, just, I didn't think anyone was reading it really, um, felt like I was writing to myself. Um, but there, apparently there were some people reading it and, you know, um, after a few years of doing that, I started getting, um, actually what, what happened was I killed a bear, my first bear ever. And then the editor of bear hunting magazine, uh, sent me a a message over Facebook and he was like, Hey, I'd love to, if you wrote a story you know, for, for your bear, you know, and he's like, Oh, you know, you'll get, you know, this, this amount of dollars for it, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, want to pay me to write about a story? <laughs> like, what? so, so, so I did that. So, uh, so yeah. Um, that, I mean, not to, I'm not name drop clay Newcomb. He's a, he's the guy that sure. got me going, man. He's the first person that ever published anything I ever wrote. Um, and then from there, it just kind of snowballed you know, I wrote that and then this editor would email me and then this one would email me. And now I'm sitting here, I think I've been, you know, writing probably for six years or so. Uh, was when I started my blog six, seven years ago. And, um, and now it's my full-time uh, gig. You know, I, I do freelance writing throughout the outdoor industry, photography, do film work, um, just hunting media. That's, that's, that's what I do now. So, wow. um, I did, I did not plan on that at all. You know, I just, this is just, I just wanted to start a journal, you know? <laughs> and 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 just
1: Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's the way a lot of people in your shoes find success is it starts off with the passion and it starts off with deciding to document and share a little piece with minimal expectations. And then the opportunity comes if it's the right thing. The people right. that are forcing this this uh, um, Instagram world or Facebook world of this is what I do and I'm the best mm-hmm. at it. It's not appealing, and and we can all see through that now. <laughs> it's sure. very very obvious. So I think it's uh I, I think that reflects on your passion for what you're doing, and that's why I was successful because it. it, it as well as many other things why I was successful, but um, it'd be your writing and and how it's put together and your photography, but all of that mixed together uh, just just panned out because you're real and authentic. So yeah,
2: so I try I try to be sometimes it bites me in the butt, you know like <laughs> you know but like I always try to be like I, I wanted to be real transparent about everything when I started this out because I just felt like, hunting media at the time. Okay. When I was a kid, I'm sure you remember, you know, but like hunting media when we were kids is you'd sit down and watch a hunting show, you know, which I love doing with my dad every Saturday morning. I'd love doing that. Mm-hmm. A lot of kids were, a lot of kids were, you know, watching a cartoon Saturday morning. I was watching fishing and hunting shows with my dad, yep. you know, and, <clears throat> um, but you know, you watch a 26 minute show or whatever, and you'll watch four deer get killed. Right. And it is just, and it, while that's entertaining, it's just not, this doesn't like translate that well to the real world. And when you go out and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go hunting now. I'm going to go deer hunting. You go out for a week and you, you know, you, you only see one buck the entire time. You didn't do anything wrong. It's just how it goes, you know? <laughs> like So I wanted to, yeah, it's normal. You had a tough hunt. Me too. Join a club, you know, like that. That's just that's how things are and I think that I witnessed that um you know push people away from hunting. You know going out there and feeling like, "Oh, what am I doing, man? Like like this is ridiculous. I should be at home doing something more productive instead of sitting out here in the woods doing absolutely nothing, n- not seeing anything. I don't know what I'm doing, but, you know, and just like that whole thing and it's it's like, "No, you just, you know, put your time in. This is a marathon. It's not a race." Um, you know, you soak up things uh, as you go and, and eventually you'll find success. Um, but it, I mean, it's not easy, but you'll find it if you really want it. Um, so yeah, so that, yeah, that that's always been my approach to things, man. I, I feel like people don't get, um, th- and this goes for like products too, right? Like products don't get better from people telling you, oh, this worked great. Right. Pro- they get better from People saying, "Hey, this is what didn't work," Hmm. you know, and and you can improve upon that. And I think that translates to hunting. You know, it's like, yeah, you can you can look at all the photos you want, and read all the all the articles you want about dudes, you know, shooting bucks with their rifles and bows and stuff like that. But when it what people fail to realize, I think in those situations is those certain individuals have gotten real good at failure they gotten real good at, at, at learning from their mistakes, you know? So it, the, the failure part of side, uh, the failure part of hunting is, is incredibly important. Oh, it's, it's yeah. the, it's, it's the lessons that Correct. we learn, you know? Uh, you go, I mean, I mean, it's nice when things work out and they're easy. You go out there opening morning gear walks out, boom. All right, we're done, you know, but what did you learn from that?
1: Right. I always tell people you need to just go take your gun and your bow for a walk. I mean, yeah. sometimes, sometimes that's all you're gonna do. You're taking it for yeah. a walk, and you're, and that's why I encourage bow hunting for a lot of people. Is just because that's where you learn. That's where you mm-hmm. learn how to, how to actually do a hunt. I mean, there's definitely, definitely hard rifle hunts for sure. I've gone sure. without with plenty of unfilled rifle tags, but it's where the hunt really, really can begin. And oh yeah, and, and it sounds like I have a similar story too we had our one one year one weekend or we got out of school one or two days but one weekend (laughs) a year hunt it was our deer hunt growing up so that's what we went and did and it wasn't until college that i picked up in my early 20s late teens is picking up bow hunting and i was like i need another opportunity i need to get out a little bit more uh, dive Mm -hmm. into dove hunting a little little duck hunting a little this and that so um i i felt the same and I can relate that, man, I don't, I don't know anything once you're within hundred yards. <laughs> I always was yeah. shooting stuff, uh, 200 to 300 yards <laughs> with, cause yeah. I, I didn't still I, am, getting pissed all the time because i blow stuff out uh, and understanding wind and and trying to reason with an animal a wild animal we can't reason with them it doesn't make any sense and i'm always trying to guess especially a turkey i'll tell you what these turkeys are driving me nuts <laughs> <laughs> the last our season just ended but the last time i had is is uh decided to go somewhere else get out of the blind and had a uh came back to our jake decoy knocked over it's like oh you gotta be Mm. kidding me uh and then after that said ah let's sit here for another 45 minutes to an hour had uh um the person i was with said ah let's call it let's let's get out of here we we needed to leave anyway and i chucked my pack out the window of the blind and here comes (laughs) here comes a beautiful tom that high alert running away from the the decoys like he was coming from our right. We had no idea he was coming literally another 30 seconds of sitting there. And we would have seen him probably strutting up to our decoys. And so it was failure after failure. And then one more failure. I told my, 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 uh, person I was with said, okay, we've got one more way we can do this. One more. Mm -hmm. Let's run and gun him. And he was headed for for some trees. And I said, let's go. We got to cut him off. He wants to go to those trees. That turkey laid down in 16 inch grass and laid there like a pheasant does, and pheasants will do that every a big mature pheasant, Uh, they'll just lay down and let you kind of walk past them. So the turkey did the exact same thing because he knew he was busted. Uh, (laughs) So we were basically pheasant hunting this turkey. And we walked out to the grass like, he's here somewhere. I have no idea where he's at. And somehow this giant bird, black, is laying in green grass there somewhere. And I think I walked by him within 5, 10 feet. I was looking for him, and I still couldn't see him. And then uh, my, my hunter was with me, and it just bolted out of the grass, just looked like a raptor out of Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. taken off and then it was just of course a flurry of Dah, bird boom <laughs> then, yeah yeah <laughs> uh, that was total total miss but we both walked away like you gotta be kidding me there's yeah. three mistakes we made on this bird with the the brain the size of a pea uh, we can't yeah so it's just a humbling thing and that's again with a shotgun it's not even we're not even talking bow hunting mm-hmm. uh so that yeah it's just they're so frustrating so anyway i do you just had a had a uh, a bear hunt that uh, was looked like a lot of hard work from since I, we started chatting or messaging back and forth a little bit uh, you were not on your bear hunt yet so it was kind of fun to i knew you were on a bear hunt so I was kind of looking and following and um, it was challenging tell me tell us a little bit about this this area first that uh, is like what kind of train what kind of hunting style you got Having, and, and then uh, it's a one percent success rate. So going in, I can imagine the uh, the determination has got to be high.
2: Yeah, yeah. So um, I have always this particular unit, which I'm not going to mention that. Of course, I, but <laughs> um, I've always wanted a tag for this particular area. You know, I've been bear hunting for ten years now, and ever since I started bow hunting, I've I've always wanted a tag here and i finally got one and um but i had never hunted it before ever like not not for deer nothing so i wasn't familiar with the area at all so this was literally a hunt that started from ground zero really like i i was on like right when i found i drew i mean i jumped on onyx like right away you know what i mean and just started marking stuff um areas of interest to me um there's those areas of interest for this for this particular hunt, is uh was really focused around water. Where 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 this the hunt takes place at a time of year where it's the driest hottest part of the year. So the Achilles heel of the bear during that time is water. They need water. They'll hit water multiple times a day. Um, they'll sleep in it. They'll, they'll play in it. Obviously they're getting drinks from it. Um, and that carries them. It goes right on into the rut and everything, you know? So, uh, boars, you know, covering a lot of country looking for sows and stuff. They, it's the same thing that happens during the deer rut, you know, bucks are running around, they need to get a drink. So, um, so that's, so that was my game plan, man, was like, I'm going to just mark areas of interest that, uh, that look like they're, You know, near quality looking bear country, which to me, um, is, uh, I just always focus on drainages. That's my, I I don't really mess around with rolling hills for black bears at all. Um, drainages, in my opinion, offer a bear security uh, they offer them water because the water pulls up in the bottoms and it offers them feed, right? Um, cause the sun hits those faces a lot easier than some of these roll, this rolling country cause it's more exposed. So, um, and it's gotta be steep. There's like steep stuff, like rugged stuff. So, so that's where it was type of stuff I started looking at. Um, springs, water tanks. We have uh, stock tanks out here that ranchers, they're man-made um fill up with water bears hit those too so so i didn't get to do any scouting for this like boots on the ground all right i was just too had too much stuff going on um i went to idaho for a bear hunt came back and like a week later i was like all right well let's you know let's go figure this out (laughs) so uh headed up and just kind of started playing uh off of my checklist, you know, of these water sources. I And out of six water sources, four of them had bear tracks on them. So I was like, okay, you know, <laughs> Perfect. I'm in the right, Found I'm you. in the right. Yeah. I'm in the right area. Um, there was bear tracks like all down the trail that I was walking on. Um, and I was just real fortunate, you know, to like, just be able to look at a map and be like, okay, this looks like quality bear country, you know? And what that was, for me was um this is basically just a giant south face with big fingers coming down it and deep drainages coming off of it you know and most of these drainages have water in them you know um and it all leads down to another canyon that has water in the bottom so there's it's just a good looking zone for like a bear to make a living mm-hmm. um so yeah I just got fortunate but um on my first trip uh, it, it got cool though. You know, it was like the weather cooled off, which is not good for sitting water. Um, the weekend before I was there was in the nineties. And that's, so I think that's where the bear tracks were coming from oh, on the yeah. water. It's like, oh man, I just missed him, you know? So, um, saw more bear sign than I've ever seen without seeing a bear and, uh, head home. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, it just needs to warm up. So, um, came back out like a week later And we were just coming off of a cool front. And the first day that I was back, the high was going to be like 88 or 89 degrees. The next day was 91. Next day was 93. Like it was going to get hot. So um, there was one area in particular that just stuck out to me the most. Like it was fully like this probably three foot by three foot pool of water in the bottom of a drainage drainage is completely shaded down on the bottom dense vegetation uh there's feed up above and down beneath it's just like it's it's good habitat you know um and good habitat for like to possibly see a bear during the middle of the day you know because of all the shade
1: sure. yeah
2: well the first time i was going into that um i found some pretty good sized tracks in the pine needles, um, like I said, I never saw anything though. So I had that in the back of my mind. I'm like, man, I'm gonna go check that out again. It's gonna be real hot, you know. So I, I hiked in there, and there was new tracks there on the, going along the trail. I'm like, okay, you know, he's he's in here. I just haven't seen him yet. So um, set myself up in some boulders um, up off the side of the drainage, and uh, probably was sitting for, you know four hours and then i i like i filmed all this and i looked at the camera and i'm like i haven't seen anything yet you know but uh that's okay because a big boar is gonna walk in at 5:45, and i'm gonna be like you know yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh well it wasn't 5:45, but uh after that like 20 minutes of light left i'm starting to think about dinner you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like i'm like all right you know I'm going to put my food away, you know, kind of get some stuff ready, you know, to, to get going and, um, not planning on quitting hunting, just, you know, being quiet and putting some stuff away. So I turned my back and then I heard something and then coincidentally enough, I slipped for some reason and a rock. goes was tumbling down the hill and I was like, Oh, that's probably me. You know, the noise that I heard. <laughs> And, uh, and then out of the corner of my eye, I see this big dark shadow moving through the bottom of the drainage towards the water. And I was like, Oh, he oh, didn't, wow. he didn't spook. No. Oh, Mm-mm. he, I was like, Oh wow. That's a bear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yo, it's surprising like, you're, you're bear hunting, but you're so surprised yeah. to see a bear.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. And this was, well, at this point I, this was day five.
1: To, oh, okay. Uh, total. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good I had detail. gone.
2: I had gone four days with seeing a ton of bear sign and not seeing a bear. <laughs> okay. So I'm like, what the heck is going like, you know, I know that it's only a matter of time before I run into one of these dang things. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I see the dark shadow, you know, and had my bow hanging on a tree. I just turned around, grabbed my bow. He was behind some trees, uh, right before coming out in the open drew back, Waited for him. He walked out broadside 30 yards. And I was like, Oh wow, that's a, that's a pretty nice bore, but, but he never stopped moving. And so he just like, he walked away, goes down into the water, takes a lick, starts going up, quartering away out of the, out of the water. this particular spot i only had one shooting lane like there was only one lane going right down to the water and that was it after that yeah you could see but it was just too dense to shoot so i was like okay i'm gonna lose him i gotta stop him so i stopped him he stops boom just absolutely dot shot him Hmm. where he was standing he runs and no joke okay in 30 seconds he death moaned wow and I was just like, I, it didn't even hit me, you know, I, I was like, well, okay, I'm just going to keep putting my stuff away. You know, like you just keep doing what I was doing. Let me just shoot this bear real quick. You know, that's how I, <laughs> that's how, I, that's, how I, that's how I felt because it just happened so fast and out of the blue, which really is kind of runs in tandem with how bear hunting usually goes for me. You know, it's like, they just kind of appear you know a lot you're not expecting it a lot of times it happens when you least expect it um and uh yeah i got my stuff got myself all together went down there arrow obviously was was just completely you know drenched in blood and um i looked to my left and he was i i didn't even need to trail him like he went 20 yards and he was just laying there and i i was just i was like okay jeez that's it smoked him you know yeah. And I, I walked up to him and I was like, Holy crap. Like there was no ground shrinkage walking up to this bear. That happens a lot of times. Cause mm-hmm. bears are just real hard. Bears are one of like the hardest animals out there to judge, you know, and I'm not, yeah. I'm not real. I'm not like a numbers guy at all, really, you know, but I get, you know, you look at a lot of them and, and you try to get to the point, you know, especially you know, I, like, I usually kill a bear of a year, you know what I mean? And, and like, get to the point where you're like, you know, I want to make sure it's a good one, you know, and, and, and that adds to your time in the field as well. Um, and I walked up on him. I'm like, dang, he's a, this is a, this is a great he's looking a bear, boar, dude. You know? So I, I knew he was a good boar from 30 yards, but when I walked up to him, I was like, holy crap, he's got big paws on him and stuff and just real, real, real nice bear. So, um, I was by myself. It was going to be cool. Um, so I actually ended up uh leaving that bear and it's coming back in the morning just so i can have some light to work with um and came back he was totally fine you know and took care of him and that was it hey dude had a pleasant morning you know made three trips with him out to the truck i was able to actually <laughs> i was able to i literally just got a lift and like bigger tires on my truck yeah and, and i was like man i'm by myself i'm gonna try to so I'm going to try to send it on this two track that I've been hiking on. You know? <laughs> so I, I was able, I drove you like to the whole way. Yeah, no, I, I was able to get like to the base of the drainage that I killed them in. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, I had a six minute walk to my truck.
1: Oh, perfect. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> so it was awesome. Yeah. I was, a, I was also, also able to, uh, something that doesn't normally happen with, with, uh, with bears in the spring for me is I was able to get some fat off of them. Oh. Um, he, he had a decent amount of fat on his, on his, on his rump and stuff. And so I rendered, rendered that down when I got home. And, and for anybody wondering, no, none of the meat was bad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, from leaving them all night. Like it, it was in the forties at night. So I was oh, like, yeah, yeah he's going he, to be fine. You know what I mean? So,
1: yeah.
2: hmm. um, so yeah, that was, that was the hunt, man. Um, so sitting, just,
1: sitting all day, five days. Or yeah, yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah. And, and I mean, I I did a fair amount of recon too. Like I was like that first day back. Um, I did almost the same thing I did the first day I was out, but I was checking different water sources, you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to hit this, 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 I'm going to cover country right when I get there in the morning had like no sleep. You know what I mean? Just like I woke up at like three o'clock drove, got there threw the pack on started hiking, covering miles, and just ch- finding water sources and stuff like that, and and just something was telling me go to that one area that you found last time in that in the in that deep dark canyon. Like go there, you know. So and that's huh. that's where I went, and he, that's where there's where that bear came out, you know.
1: So I mean, you spent, so yeah, he, that was day five. I mean, so obviously he had, to, he had to spend some time doing that. Why do you think? that that success rate is so low. Um, it is low.
2: So I've done this hunt, uh, quite a few times, not in this unit, like in different units, the, the, the real challenge, there's a couple things going on. So Arizona, we, we're not sitting on like bear numbers, like in the PNW, you know what I mean? Like we're, that, that's just not how it is here. Like we're not drowning in black bears. So it can be hard to just find a bear in general. Hmm you know um when you do find them you usually find like a good amount of them like they have like their little zones that they like hanging out in but there's a lot of real estate in between those so and there's a whole lot of process of elimination that happens so most people that go out on this hunt they don't even see a bear is mm-hmm. what happens um the other thing is is a lot of people like it, it's no secret that this hunt this the, the success is is usually found sitting on these water on water sources that's not for everybody um a lot people i mean you need a great deal of patience to do that you know and and so a lot of folks will either glass and try to spot and stalk bears mm-hmm. or they'll call both of which are i mean you can definitely do them you know, but on the, on the stalking side of things, not even talking about Arizona stalking a bear is if you've ever watched a bear, I mean, these they can, they're like a pinball, uh, you know, they'll, they they, their movements are random. A yeah. lot of times they're just oh, like, boom, yeah. I'm going to go here up, down, left, right, blah, 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 blah. So it just makes it real hard to like get in and close the distance, especially in bear country because bear country, a lot of, I mean, it's, some of the stuff that I'm hunting in for these things here, if you see a bear across the canyon, like last year, the bear I shot a bear last year in October, the shot was 390 yards with my rifle. Okay, it took I think four hours to get to him. Hmm. So the the, <laughs> By the four country- hours
1: he ain't there. If you were well, to stock stock in on him, maybe
2: right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's so that's when I, so some of these a lot of it's bluffed out is what I'm getting at, a lot of these canyons. Oh, so sure. it's just not it's not not traversable, not not easily traversable least. So it takes a lot of time, right? The other thing, you know, on the calling front is I mean, it's more exciting, but goodness, that takes a lot of patience too, you know, like you're going to need to call for probably 45 minutes to an hour for black bears at a time. And that is really a I mean, that is mentally grinding in itself. I've done that all day long. Like start at the morning, call, 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 move, call, call, just make stands all day long. Um, And I've called bears in before, but again, it's just not for everybody. It's you're, you're really, everything is a gamble. You know, if there was more bears, it probably wouldn't, you know, it'd probably be a lot more fruitful, these hunts, but there's just not a ton of them. So, so combining that with, tactics that are you know they're difficult in their own right you know that you you, you have the 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 you have after all that is said and done you have a real hard hunt Sure. You know? and these success rates are um and the units that i've been hunting on this on this uh this is an archery draw tag in arizona the units that i've been hunting that's one percent you know and that's if a bear gets killed So like some years a bear doesn't even get killed and you cannot use dogs or bait in Arizona. So this is all, this is all you it's all like, however
1: you want to go about doing it, you know, spot and stock or whatever. So bears are just like that though. You just, even in Colorado where there's a good number of bears, I've spent a lot of time, my dad and I, that was our goal for years is getting him a bear. And then the day he left, I'd shoot a bear. It happened two years. <laughs> and it was just yeah. like, we just covered all this ground. We were looking and looking and looking. And then here's just one I stumbled on. And it happened to be the day you left or uh, one, he hadn't even gotten home yet. And I called mm-hmm. him and was like, dad, I just shot a bear. <laughs> and, I, and it was a beautiful monster boar. It was just a beautiful, big old bear. Uh, and I almost felt bad about it because I was like, man, we just spent so much time. Uh, we picked a unit that I thought would be good. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. And, and there's so much to them of learning where they're at, uh, that time of the year and what their, mm-hmm. what the food source is like, you know, you know, they go from their berries to the acorns once they ripen in September. I'm talking that September spring hunting. I don't yeah. know anything about it. Um, that's why I wanted yeah. to ask you some questions.
2: <laughs> but, oh, yeah, no. Uh, and Well, I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because that's, that's really the other, um, the other uh, battle that's common during this hunt is a lot of people, they try to hunt these bears like they hunt them in the fall like where they're going to be in the fall. And that's just not the case. Like you, like you need to go to where the food is. And, and the hard part about that, it's easy reading about it in a book and being like, Oh yeah, just, I mean, like the main one that everyone says is, you know, you want to look for fresh green grass in the springtime. Like that's what, and, and they eat that, that they totally eat that, but you need to go find it. You can't just like, that's the hard part about all this is it is like, I, it's not, a cookie cutter blueprint like you can't just be like oh yeah there's there's going to be grass here no there might have been grass there last year but there might not be grass there this year hmm. it all depends on the 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 moisture that we got throughout the year you know yeah. and, and and the same so this bear here was eating, um he was eating grass and manzanita berries huh. okay that manzanita berries were popping you know this year next year might not be the case might be something else the only way to know that, though, is you need to go go out there and you need to, like, physically look at the food sources and, like, what what stage of growth they're in. Because I've seen manzanita, like, they're popping right now. There's been some years I haven't seen manzana- manzanita berries popping until October. Yeah. And it's just because of rain. That right, That is a real hard part about all of this, is, put, is putting that all together. Like, deer... I feel like you can really luck your way. If you, if you got like a couple days, you can luck your way into seeing deer, you know, like, like just getting up high in glass and in Arizona, you're probably going to see some deer bears. Not the case. Yeah. You, you, you like, you really need to like put pieces together, which is one of the reasons I love bear hunting so much. Like, like it is, it is so rewarding when you, Oh, I found a track. Okay. No, here's a pile of scat. Here's what's in the scat. Okay, Mm -hmm. he's eating. They're eating this. Okay, well, I know that 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 type of food source is over there on that hill right there. Let me let me try to glass that canyon right there. And then, you know, after, you know, however many days or weeks or whatever, boom, one pops up and you're like, oh, my God, I did it. I found him. You don't even need to pull the trigger. And it's like, holy crap. you 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 just feel so good about yourself. So
1: lots yeah. of years of data have to go into that. You get those years that are heavy rain and or light rain, and then yep. you're trying to put all those pieces together. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a that's a good thing for for folks to to know about because um, I I probably would have done the same, approached it as a fall hunt. And-
2: I you know no it's i mean it's it's rightfully rightfully so you know what i mean like that's when most people see bears
1: Mm
2: -hmm. is because a lot of people are out there deer and elk hunting and they happen across a bear there's not a ton of people that are focused on bear hunting during the fall um so when you're out there deer and elk hunting it's like oh yeah there's spring bear tag blah, blah blah oh i remember seeing that bear over there when i was elk hunting he's probably not gonna be there yeah <laughs> that's, that's, that you know so uh, a great a great story of, about how this stuff shifts is i had a first timer with me a couple years back and this was a fall hunt fall bear hunting does get uh, a fair amount of attention in arizona and the reason being is because we have a phenomenon here that called bears in the pears bears will drop out of the high country down into the desert and they'll feed on this big red berry that grows on a prickly pear cactus. Okay. And you can see bears from miles away without even using binoculars. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's real cool hunt. It's pretty well Not cool. It's hot as hell, but uh, it happens during August. But another, another food source during that time of year is what you mentioned is acorns. So I got this spot, took this first timer into, this is a spot where I had the year before, I had seen 15 bears in this one 300-yard area, okay? The acorns were popping, all right? Go there the following year, and I'm like, oh, man, it's going to happen. You know, we're, we're, we we got to see something. But throughout my scouting, I was not finding any acorns. It, it just, They just were not there. And I didn't want to say anything to him because I didn't want to discourage the guy that I was with. Oh, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. I'm like oh, no, we're, we'll, we'll put our time in. You know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll <laughs> there's gotta be a bear in here. There wasn't one bear in there that you're at all. And, and it just goes to show you like you, it is all about the food with those things. You know, like he, and, and I told him this reverts back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this conversation. I told the guy, I was like, look, man, I'm glad this happened. Cause you can't just go waltzing in your first year you know, and just shooting a bear, you know, willy-nilly. That's not how this thing needs to go. I was like, you, you need to come in here. You need to struggle a little bit, you know, learn about what's going on. You know, yeah. I brought him back. I brought him back the following year and there was acorns and he shot his first bear, you know, like, <laughs> so it just, 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 you know, it's, it's just awesome. You know, just like that whole process. And, and it, and it, like I said, it's a marathon, you know, it's not, it's not a, a instant gratification type of thing.
1: Right. So the question that just keeps coming to my head every once in a while when I hear, talk to people about bears is because uh, I got a bear hunt this fall, uh, going to be my first archery bear. And I have been shooting my G5 Montex at just about everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I do carry along with that a, a Rage Tripan. Mm -hmm. Um, they both shoot pretty identical. I've tested them both and they're good. I'll carry Mm -hmm. them both. And I just haven't talked myself into using that tripan for an elk, which I'm fine with. I'll just keep using the Montex. And then, but bears in that middle area, or I just like, I don't know. Should I, so what, what's your broadhead choice on, on your bear? So I, um...
2: That bear that I just shot, um, I shot that with a, with a fixed blade and it was a fairly small fixed blade. Um, I, I do, do you want me to tell you the exact
1: head? Yeah, is that sure. fine? Okay. Yeah.
2: So, so, it, so it was an evolution Jekyll. Okay. Mm. This is a four blade head, kind of a unique design. It's, it's sharp in both ways. Okay. Um, fly is incredible. Like really, really good flight, which is really one of the most important things to me regardless of species that you're shooting an arrow at like what matters is that you can put the broadhead right where you need to put it okay i have just kind of i have a little more faith in fixed blades you know so yeah Yeah. so that's just kind of you know i I, i've never shot a full-on mechanical i used to shoot a hybrid um which did great um but I think as long like that bear, uh, you know, he went twenty yards. You know what I mean? It' right. real small. This is not a big fixed blade, you know. So, so that I think that's more important is is having confidence in the broadhead that you're using.
1: Right. And I my only thought process behind that was cutting diameter. I was thinking, man, I know, sure. I know bears can clot up, and get their hair in mm-hmm. there really well. It's hard to blood trail sometimes, and uh, luckily I've never had to, no, I take that back one bear that's happened to me, but, mm-hmm. um, I I've always kind of seen those bears go, bear go down just because it's rifle hunting and it's been dead right there. Uh, so I, I, it, it just, I'm surprised to hear you say that, but it makes so much sense of, again, just like shooting, uh, different calibers. It's all about shot placement. doesn't really matter necessarily yeah, as much the grain of the bullet or it does a grain of the bullet, but the, uh, what, what caliber as much as the shot placement probably carries a little bit more weight.
2: Yeah. And the shot placement is this, no, that's in a different discussion with, with the bears. Um, there's a lot of folks, I think bears get, um, a lot of people try to shoot bears. Like they shoot a deer,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, like, Oh, like, um, you know, you want to try to like heart shoot a deer, right? Like, well, deer's hair is not that long. You, you can see the form of, the, of a deer's body quite easily. A black bear is completely different. Okay, their hair might be five inches long. So there's a, there's a lot of stuff there that from, even from bow range, you know, 30, 50 yards, whatever it is, you might think that their belly or chest or whatever is coming down a lot farther than it actually is. So if you try to shoot that bear, like you would a deer low, right? Lower third, right? Like right behind the shoulder, like trying to get that heart, you might straight up just cut them and and not, and not even hit anything. You know, um, so the, the thing with bears that I've always kind of ascribed to is, is aiming with a bow aiming middle of the middle on a bear. Hmm. So, So like from top to bottom, like from back, and this is with hair too, like from the top part of the bear to the bottom part, like go in the middle and then from nose to tail, go in the middle of that. And then you can, that would be fine but I'll go just even a little bit forward towards the, towards the shoulder, just like a little tiny bit. Yeah. Okay. And that is going to put you right through the pump house, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when you hit, like when you hit a bear, right. When you hit them good, they do not go far. They're a soft tissued animal. Like they're, they're big boned. Right. And they're tough. But when you hit them, right, they, they just, they tend to fall, man. Yeah. Um, And then with a rifle, like a lot of guys, you know, this is kind of, you you can't really do this with a bow, right? But you can aim high shoulder on them, you know, and just, and just anchor them right there. So a lot of guys try to do that with rifles and stuff. I, I do the same thing with a rifle though. You know, I just, I'm like, well, I'm, I like the shoulder, you know, I like, that's some good, some good burger meat right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. So, um, I I always just try to aim for the lungs, but that's, that's a good rule of thumb though, man, like middle of the middle. Sure. Um, and you're going to, you're going to go right through the lungs on them.
1: Do you, do you worry about like, or do you want them to take a step forward? So that's more exposed or no, you're good with whatever, as long as it's a nice shot.
2: No, I I don't know. There's, I don't wait for him to take a step forward at all. Um, they, so a good video um, to, for people to go watch, I, I um, give credit where credit's due here. Clay Newcomb, Bear Hunting Magazine, he did a necropsy on a black bear that he shot in the field, and he did this for exactly the reason that we're talking about right now, like because of shot placement. He he necropsies this bear and he shows you the vitals on a bear are a little bit back when compared to a deer. Hmm. You know, so you can go find that on YouTube. Okay. Um, it's yeah just really kind of eye-opening you know what i mean like because a lot of like you can like people do that and i think how he like lays it out is like he's like you can try to shoot a bear like a deer yeah but at it you do that 10 times you're gonna lose two of those bears that's kind of he how he lays it out i don't know the accuracy of that yeah i've just i've just always i've just always been like well, I'm just gonna be safe, and I'm, I'm just gonna aim for the. Yeah. I'm just gonna aim for the lungs. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: No, I. That's kind of been my on everything now is I pick that mid body. Uh, mm-hmm. I just would rather shoot at lungs and heart on deer or elk. Just I want to hit lungs. Um, yeah. So I kind of take that approach with with both, but the uh, and I'll link that video down below for for people so you don't have to worry about trying to find it. I'll find it for you. But um, could we end on a kind of what's your your favorite. to do with bears for recipe wise
2: oh man well funny you mention that because i just did it the other night um so um took me took me a couple years to figure this out you know what i mean um traditional traditionally right like what do you what do you do with back straps uh they're a steak exactly okay so i did that for years with bears and then just you know You can't cook bears medium rare. You you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you got to cook them well done. So you never get, like, the quality of steak, you know, that you're going to get with, like, an elk or a deer or something like that. So what I started doing is I started turning all of my back straps into fajitas. So I just cut them, like, you, you know, cut, like, real thin steaks. Sure. And then, and then just, and then I'll cut them, uh, in in half again. So then it's just like strips, like these like real thin strips and I'll just, you know, throw that in a pan, cook that up, add in, you know, taco seasoning, fajita, you can get by fajita seasoning, whatever. But, um, and then just throw some peppers in there, cook that up till those are, you know, those are charred a little bit and throw that in a burrito or taco or whatever, man. Like, and that is like my favorite
1: way um right now uh to cook bear meat which i i can see why that would be pretty darn good because you've got the tenderness there that oh, yeah. you yeah know, sometimes that fajita meat if you're just like oh, i got this left over not sure what to do with it it can be yeah. a little chewy or tough and you're trying to bite your taco and then you you bite into it and you pull everything out and it's just, yeah. a, <laughs> yeah. it's just not a taco, but the fajita, uh, yeah. but you bite and it just pulls all out and it's just, you're chewing on it and it's not easy. That, yeah. that seems to be the case with a lot of, a lot of wild game tacos or yeah. fajitas.
2: But, oh yeah, for sure. And bears, bears really like, that's, that's my favorite thing you do at backstress. But I mean, just in general, man, like bears really shine in, uh, just slow cooked dishes. You know, where, where you're doing like, uh, maybe you take a roast and you, and you stir it, you know, and then you put it in the crock pot for nine hours and shred it up and, and make, you know, barbecue pulled bear sandwiches or, or whatever, you know, just stuff like that, man. It does really well. I've made, uh, black bear stew, just traditional stew with cubed meat, you know, little, little cubes of meat. And that's really good. Um, and then just burgers, you know, like chili, cheeseburgers like just i mean it's
1: that's the good stuff with with bears. sure okay what about your bear fat which favorite thing to do with that oh man just throw it in a pan before you cook or yeah you
2: can so uh this is i've i've never so usually <laughs> this is my first time rendering bear fat believe Me too. it too i've
1: got like 15 jars of it <laughs> it's just Dude. i threw i threw them in the freezer i've messed with a few here and there i love cooking my eggs in them Uh, Uh,
2: yeah, I, I haven't, I mean, I just finished it up. I haven't tried it yet. I, I usually like in the past, like, uh, fall bears, they always got a bunch of fat on them, but I'm usually in some area where i'm like gosh dang it i ain't carrying that out of here you know what i mean like mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's just some nasty spot but but in this spot i was like well you know not not a bad hike you know what i mean like I'll <laughs> bring some fat out with me so um yeah no i've heard uh you can i mean really you can use it for anything you know anything just a replacement for cooking oil so i'm probably going to use it for like maybe uh i got some like uh catfish in the fridge in the freezer you know probably yeah. fry that up with it you know um or i can cook uh probably cook some bear burgers with it you know bear burgers cooked with bear fat that sounds yeah. pretty that yeah. sounds pretty awesome
1: <laughs> i made some i made some just i don't know if you know what this is because it's kind of a south Dakota special but chislic um uh, chislic is just little cubed up meat basically boiled in oil uh oh, cool. he- heavily seasoned and it's traditionally done with goat um, but a lot of people do that with deer or any, any kind of, it's a, it's a common bar food, uh, and some places okay. do it really, really well. So you make it to South Dakota, go get some chislic somewhere. And, uh, um, I made it, I made some in, in that. It was good. <laughs> just Nice, <laughs> was, dude. Yeah. That was really good. My absolute favorite though, is a buddy's recipe he gave me for bear sausage and Ooh. it's got zero fat in it. You don't mm-hmm. add anything, just a ton of seasoning, uh, I put it on pizza um oh nice and i I put it on uh like this is ground sausage not like uh, okay yeah so ground sausage put it on pizza put it in um I, I make little patties for breakfast biscuits mm-hmm. and gravy me and my buddy had done a ton with with kids out on on camping trips and that's always a hit and it gets real smoky, so I gotta I cook it on my my grill outside on the um, little side burner. But because mm-hmm. yeah, cook cook that every day for breakfast, and you're gonna end up with a great, yeah, great, greasy kitchen. But um, it is it's pretty awesome. It's really really good. So bear sausages. I took the last bear I took, and uh, the whole thing sausage except the back ham. I smoked that, and then I've made sandwich meat out of it and that was good i just have to and I, if anybody's got feedback on this i brine the thing for 10 days but i injected the brine as well mm. and you can see where the brine hit it hit everything except maybe teeny little pockets gotcha. and so it was brine through but yet when when you eat it it still can be a little salty so i mm-hmm. don't i don't know the trick on that i'll have to uh, harvesting nature. I had them on a little while ago. I'll have to. Oh, cool. Maybe yeah, see what guys. they have to have to say. But uh, you're supposed to put it in there. I don't know. I, I thought I had seen that once where you inject it, and and that just helps it get tender the whole way through. But anyway, it makes great sandwich meat excellent sandwich oh, meat sounds great man i'm gonna have, i'm getting hungry here man yeah. Talking about some good <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> yeah yeah it's only your nine o'clock my ten o'clock i just have to go have a have a brunch
2: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna be frying up some meat here pretty soon. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah absolutely well uh I'll, I'll let you get to your day and i appreciate you, you sharing your story uh we don't get enough stories on this podcast sometimes it's always uh, just some learn a new trick or gear or this or that. So I'm trying to in, implement some more stories and, and hearing these, uh, these fun hunts. So, um, I appreciate that very much. And, uh, yeah, will uh, will I, I would love to hear more about, uh, um, some bear hunting in the future for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I'm happy to come on. Thanks for, thanks for asking me, telling a, it doesn't like a good hunting story. You know what I mean? Like Absolutely. get a cup of coffee and kind of bounce back and forth on that stuff and reflect. It's always a good time
1: perfect well uh have a great rest of your day and uh we'll we'll uh we'll be in touch all right